0: And welcome to this week's episode of the Dutch Angle Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Samantha De La Heron, and I am so happy that you guys decided to tune in because this one is a long one. I may have to make this two parts, but I am not sure. Um, it's very long because I got really into this, something that I'm very interested in, so bear with me. Hopefully, you guys will like it, and hopefully... Um, If it is two parts, then it'll be very interesting two parts. (laughs) So this episode is going to be about films inspired by anime, and it's this whole episode I basically based off of this Screen Rant article written by Arnab Rakshit. I think that's how you say their name. I apologize (laughs) if it is not. Um, it's called 10 Anime That Inspired the Making of Movies in Hollywood. So I'm just going down their list, but I did some outside research to give some sort of, um, like background to each of the movies and animes and stuff like that. So I did add to it, um, and thank you so much for writing this article. It was really, really well done. So go check out this article. I will link it in the show notes so you guys can look at, um, everything. I didn't quote everything, so there you go. But before we get to that, let's talk about last week's riddle. So last week's riddle was, there's a one-story house in which everything is yellow. Yellow walls, yellow doors, yellow furniture. What color are the stairs? And do you know what the answer is? Do you? Do you? There are no stairs. (laughs) It's a one-story house. So there can't be any stairs that have a color. So there you go. And stay tuned for this week's riddle little um side note before we get started if you hear a clicking in the background it's because my dryer is going right now and um it's just there's a lot of zippers in there apparently (laughs) rolling around so hopefully you can't hear it um but if you do hear clicking that's what it is anyway let's continue so number 10 the movie is looper and it was inspired by the anime akira So, Looper was released in 2012, and it was directed and written by Rain Johnson, and the cinematography was done by Stephen Yedlin. It stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bruce Willis, and Emily Blunt. Akira came out in 1988. It was written and directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, and it was based on Otomo's 1982 manga of the same name, and it stars Nozomu Sasaki and Mitsuo (laughs) Aiwata. I am trying really hard to pronounce these Japanese names um, correctly, so hopefully I am doing an okay job. I do watch a lot of anime, Um, so hopefully I'm getting some of the pronunciations right. So this is what the Screen Rant article had to say about the inspiration. The character Cid, which audiences can see in the movie, is a direct nod to Katsuhiro Otomo's Akira and showcases how the powers of an individual, psychokinesis in this case, eventually converts them into a monster. Although the story does not centrally revolve around Cid, the uncanny similarities cannot be ignored. And I totally like think that this person has watched every anime in the entire world because I've never heard of Akira, um, but it looks really interesting and especially since Looper, um, is based off of, like, this anime, like, Looper was, like, one of the most interesting films, um, of 2012 (laughs) and, like, I remember, um, just kind of being blown away by the story and everything like that, so I think it's pretty cool that they decided to bring in some elements of this anime, and we'll see that a lot in these uh, movies. Number nine is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, and it was inspired by Naruto, Afro Samurai, Samurai Jack, and Cooley. I have not seen <laughs> Afro Samurai, Samurai Jack, or Fool Cooley, but I have seen Naruto, um, like, a little bit, so I kind of know what that one's talking about. Um, so, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was released in 2010. It was directed and partially written by Edgar Wright, and it stars the amazing Michael Cera, Chris Evans, and Audrey Plaza. Naruto, um, the first series which was the inspiration for Scott Pilgrim, was released from 2002 to 2007. It was created by Masashi Kishimoto, and it's based on the manga of the same name. And so um, I didn't want to name out every single one of these anime, um, but I think most of them you can find on Verve. Um, it's vrv.com. They also have, like, apps and you can get it on, like, your PlayStation and stuff, that's how (laughs) I watch a lot of anime, um, so not sponsored, by the way, that would be amazing if it was. Um, But this is what the Screen Rant article has to say. There have been specific anime, namely Naruto, Samurai Jack, Afro Samurai, and Fool Cooley, which have influenced concept designer Oscar Wright and director Edgar Wright into the making of this movie. The final boss fight featuring Gideon shows the villain summoning his digitized sword using hand signs, a direct allusion to the beloved anime Naruto, which features an intricate list of hand signs. And I can attest to this, there are so many hand signs in um, Naruto. Um, I am not the resident uh, expert on Naruto, my husband is, but I have seen parts of it so I can attest to this <laughs> and say that it is true. Number eight is Clash of the Titans, inspired by Saint Seiya. So Clash of the Titans was released in 2010. It was directed by Louis Leterrier, and the story was by Beverly Cross, and it stars Sam Worthington and Liam Neeson. <laughs> Saint Seiya was released from 1986 to 1989. It was adapted from the manga of the same name. And it is actually available on Netflix. So if you want to go give that a watch, it's on Netflix. Um, I think it's called Saint um, Oh, it's something of the Zodiac. So (laughs) look for that one because I think there's a couple different ones. So look for that one and um, you'll find it. And this is what the Screen Rant article has to say. Masami Kuramada's exquisite design elements from Saint Seiya had an immense effect on Louis Leterrier, the director of The Clash of the Titans, and the latter even confirmed that the armor donned by the gods in the movie is a direct tribute to the genius of Kuramada. Furthermore, Warner Brothers even approached Kuramada to help them with designing the poster for the movie prior to its Japanese release. The iconic anime director gladly agreed. Number seven is Van Helsing and the movie Blade, and they were inspired by Vampire Hunter D. So Van Helsing was released in 2004, it's directed by Stephen Sommers, and it stars Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale. And Blade was released in 1998, it's directed by Stephen Norrington, and stars Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson. Vampire Hunter D was released in 1985 and it was directed by Toyu Ashida and it's available on Verve. I did, I, ver- I verified this so it was available on Verve. So go ahead and take a look at it. I think I'm gonna watch it because it honestly looks really cool. Um, The costumes are so similar between uh, um, the main character, I forget his name, but, um, he has, like, a black hat and all that stuff, and he looks exactly like Van Helsing, so I thought that was super cool. And this is what the Screen Rant article has to say. Although the individual storylines for Van Helsing borrow heavily on Bran Stoker's Dracula, as does Blade from the Marvel comics, the costume consisting of the iconic black Boss of the Plains hat and black duds that Hugh Jackman dons in Van Helsing, seems uniquely similar to that of Vampire Hunter D, and the concept of damn fear, or fear, finds a resounding resonance in Blade. So I haven't seen Blade or Vampire Hunter D, but I really do want to go watch it. So <laughs> go watch it, it's on Verve, and I don't know where you can find Blade, but I'm sure you can find it. It's a very popular movie. So number 6 is Edge of Tomorrow, and it's directly adapted from All You Need Is Kill. So Edge of Tomorrow was released in 2014, it was directed by Doug Lyman, and like it literally is the exact same as All You Need Is Kill, and it stars Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, and Bill Paxton. All You Need Is Kill is a manga, and it was originally published in 2004, and there is no anime adaptation whatsoever, and it was written by Hiroshi Sakurazaka and it looks so interesting like I really do want to read it at some point but like I'm not sure I don't know if they have an English version I'm sure they have to I, like why not and um like I mean yeah in 2004 of course but if you have read it like let me know because it honestly looks really cool from all the photos I've seen like go ahead give it a google search or using your favorite search engine and like just check it out because it honestly looks so cool The art style is, like, really, like, post-apocalyptic, and, I mean, of course, it's Edge of Tomorrow. Like, if you've seen that, you kind of know what to expect, but it looks really cool. And this is what the Screen Rant article has to say. Although the light novel has never been animated, it has been brilliantly adapted into a manga by Ryosuke Takeuchi, with illustrations done by Takeshi Obata of Death Note fame. (laughs) See? So that's why it's so interesting to look at the entire movie is based on the premise of sakura Zaka's novel and draws its influences heavily from japanese anime i mean yeah like if you've seen death note which i highly highly recommend it is beautiful and by the way the freaking the netflix movie adaptation of death note was absolute garbage Do not watch it, because it is just, it's like a slap in the face to Death Note, the anime. Oh my god, I hate it so much, like with a burning passion. But if you want a really good anime to watch that's dark, go watch Death Note. It is amazing. Number five is The Lion King and Kimba the White Lion. This one got me a little heated, I'm not gonna lie. So The Lion King was released in 1994. And it was directed by Rob Minkoff and Roger Allers. Kimba and the White Lion was released from 1965 to 1966. So it's very old. And there's 45 episodes total. And the anime was created by Osamu Tezuka. And this is where it gets a little controversial. So this is what the Screen Rant article has to say. The similarities between the two are uncanny, including scenes that seem almost exact. Read Mufasa sitting on the Pride Rock and his ghost appearing to Simba later in the movie. Furthermore, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Matthew Broderick, who plays Simba, by the way, revealed that he had initially thought he was being cast for a role that was the remake of Kimba. If that's not enough, the names Simba and Kimba seem oddly similar. Like, literally, (laughs) they look exactly the same. I've seen so many things in my research that point to it being, like, completely, like, a remake, totally. But, um, Disney wants to completely deny that it is (laughs) a remake or it's inspired by Kimba the White Lion. So, like, like, excuse you. Like, just own up to it, you know? You completely took this idea from an anime from the 60s you know like why does that have to be an issue <laughs> or something that's not cool to you know mention so i don't know what are your guys's thoughts let me know so number four is the matrix and ghost in the shell this one's a little controversial too um ghost in the shell the recent remake with scarlett johansson like why why do we have to whitewash come on hollywood like just why i don't uh, whatever So, The Matrix was released in 1999, and it was directed and written by Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski, and it stars Keanu Reeves, of course, carrie Ann Moss, and Lawrence Fishburne. Ghost in the Shell, the movie, was released in 1995, and it was directed by Mamoru Oshii, who also co-wrote the anime. And it's free with ads on Amazon Prime if you want to go watch it. So, I am thinking of going and doing that. (laughs) Here's what the article had to say. Concepts like the fast-paced green digitized typography pinpointing particular users, or the use of cortical jacks that allow users to descend into the matrix, or the fact that both the anime and the movie deals with the story of individuals who realize the true reality of their existence and then discover what it actually means to be alive, Makes them vulnerable to obvious comparisons. To give credit where it's due, the Wachowski sisters always accepted how Ghost in the Shell has been a f- huge influence on them. See, this is how it's done, Disney. <laughs> just, just give them a little mention. That's all you got to do. I don't know what the problem was. I love The Matrix. By the way, they're coming out with the fourth one, and they were they were filming in San Francisco um right before the pandemic hit (laughs) and I was like oh Keanu was thinking of driving out there to go see them but it was too late by that time that I heard about it um but yeah it's coming out and they're gonna have all the same um actors so I'm so excited so number three is Avatar the one with the blue people and Princess Mononoke and Ghost in the Shell. So Avatar was released in 2009, it was directed by James Cameron, it stars Zoe Saldana, Sam Worthington, and Sigourney Weaver. Princess Mononoke was released in 1997 in Japan, and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, and it's honestly one of the coolest Studio Ghibli movies, like, in my opinion. I love Studio Ghibli, it is the best thing that ever happened to the world, because it is so like heartwarming and just relaxing just to watch them even when they're on controversial um topics uh like princess mononoke so i highly highly recommend if you haven't seen any of them because they're amazing and we just talked about ghost in the shell so i won't mention it again and here's what the article had to say The fact that both Ghost in the Shell and Avatar have concepts of sharing human consciousness through the use of cortical jacks and that Princess Mononoke, an anime with a strong female protagonist, also deals with the premise of humans degrading nature and nature fighting back in self-defense to retain its virility strikes an uncanny chord of similarity. I could totally see the inspiration behind these because they are pretty similar. <laughs> like, if you really take a look at it, yeah, their plots are, like, slightly different, but they're kind of the same, especially between, um, Avatar and, uh, Princess Mononoke. Like, they are kind of the same thing. Like, the main character goes and, um, understands what's happening to the forest and they try to stop their own people from destroying it, so I think it's really, really cool. Number two, we're almost done, is Black Swan and Perfect Blue. So Black Swan was released in 2010. It was directed by Darren Aronofsky, and it stars Natalie Portman. Perfect Blue was released in 2007, and it was directed by Satoshi Khan, and it was written by Sadayuki Murai. And this is what the article had to say. Starting from the story of Perfect Blue and Black Swan regarding a young girl troubled by a doppelganger and alienating family and friends in the path to fame, to specific shots to the fact that Aronofsky had bought the rights to Perfect Blue from Khan, the similarities are many and abounding. And um, if you haven't heard of Satoshi Khan, he has directed a lot of different anime. So just give him a quick Google search as well because he has a really huge repertoire and um, you would definitely recognize some of his work. These two I see online all the time being compared to each other and like if you look up on YouTube or something, you can see a video of the two side by side and you'll see exactly what um, this article and what I (laughs) am talking about because it's pretty cool to see them right next to each other that's a perfect segue into number one spot, Inception and Paprika. So Inception was released in 2010. It was directed by Christopher Nolan, obviously, and it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Paprika was released in 2006, directed by Satoshi Kon, again, see, written by Yasu Kataka Tsutsui, and... The the similarities are so uncanny. This is the number one thing that I've seen being compared to each other all over the place, so this one will not be hard for you to find. And also, Paprika is available on Amazon Prime. I think you can rent it for um, about $3.99, I think. Um, so yeah, I am definitely going to go watch that as well because it sounds so cool. And this is what the article had to say other than the fact that both the movies deal with the concept of a machine being used to influence and affect another person's dream specific scenes such as the fight in the rotating hallway seem to be directly borrowed from paprika christopher nolan has also touted that paprika had a major influence in the making of inception see i love this it's like anime can bring tons of different people together and can even be an inspiration to a lot of people, like, I know I get inspired by anime all the time, namely Black Clover, uh, which is taking a break right now, and we don't know if it's getting released, like, if it's gonna be renewed for another season, and I love it so much, it's so good, um, but that always inspired me to try my hardest because it's just like, (laughs) it's, Asta is so inspirational to me, um, but yeah anime really brings everybody together so i just i love that movies are being inspired by it in hollywood it's really awesome and then we just had um demon slayer mugen train come out oh i went to watch it like the day after it was released and i bought my tickets right when they got on sale oh my gosh it is the best if you have not seen demon slayer the show or you have and haven't seen the movie you need to watch it it's so so good i almost cried like 15 times and it i i need to own it i need to pre-order it when it's gonna be available on dvd because i need it in my house (laughs) and that's gonna about wrap it up for that portion of this episode let's go on to everyone's favorite segment this week in film history Okay, so I am recording this on May 9th. It's Mother's Day today. Um, Don't worry, I'm not neglecting my mom. She is out of town visiting her mom. So, there you go. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, this week in film history, I'm doing May 8th in 1912. Uh, The film and television production and distribution studio Paramount Pictures is founded. So I thought that was really cool. And then on May 10th, 1899, Fred Astaire, American tamp dancer, presenter, and actor, was born in Omaha, Nebraska. (laughs) And he died in 1987. So he was almost there. He got, he was like so close to 90, but there you go. Rest in peace, Fred Astaire. And that was everyone's favorite segment this week in film history. Now on to our riddle. So, what can you break even if you never pick it up or touch it? What can you break even if you never pick it up or touch it? The answer to this week's riddle will be at the top of next week's episode. So tell me, what is the best anime you have ever seen? I don't know if I could ever pick a favorite because I love so many of them, but I am very obsessed with um, Demon Slayer right now, so if you couldn't tell. (laughs) But let me know what your favorite one is. Uh, Go ahead and contact me. I will show you how to do that in a second. but before that, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are and leave a review. It really, really does help other people find this podcast, so if you could leave in a review, that would be awesome. And if you want more episodes, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. And here's where you can contact us. On Twitter and Instagram at Da Pod, and on our email, dutchanglechronicles at gmail.com, if you ever want to answer any questions or just say hi and if you send a cool message maybe I will read it on the air so go ahead and click away I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day month week and year wait I did that wrong <laughs> I hope you guys have a great rest of your day week month and year and I will see you guys on the next one I am Samantha De La Heron and this has been the Dutch Angle Chronicles podcast bye